welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and my good friend, Mr. Renfrey Deadman, who sat opposite me there, grinning away like a grinny grin bag. <laughs> Hi. How are you? How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. That's so, good. Um, if you listen to this, thanks very much for, um, for, for, for pledging some money yeah. to us on our Patreon page at yeah. um, patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast, in case you've got someone who hasn't pledged, who's listening for free. Um, Apparently, there are people out there who have not pledged. Can you believe that? Oh, it's a good job they can't hear this. <laughs> and I give them a piece of my mind, Renfrew. Scum that they are. No, uh, thank you very much for giving us um, whatever, how large and generous an amount, no matter how big, no matter how meagre, we are very appreciative of yep, it. And we want to so. give something back to you. So, if you are a patron... Uh, then we have said suggest an album for us to review uh, yeah. and chat about and me and Renfrey will will go through that record and we will listen to it and we will come back to you yeah. and that's what we're going to do right now because yeah. we've had a suggestion from Alistair McMillan who was who, the first person yes we should say kicked off this whole idea effectively yeah, so thank the, you Alistair the Rioters review yeah. um, this was your idea cheers for that yeah thank which you which means we're going to chat about 22 a million by Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Bon Iver, the... Um, yeah, that is a good impression. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to a lot of Bon Iver. Do you? Right, okay, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad somebody does. So, the third <laughs> album uh, by Bon Iver from 2016. Now, I'm going to just put this out here straight away. I know the name, Bon yeah, Iver. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware that this is a, the thing, mm-hmm. um, and it's become a big thing, mm-hmm. and it's popular, mm-hmm. and it's kind of to do with folk music, yeah. sort of. Other than that, all I really know is that uh, he was played by Justin Timblake in a sketch on Saturday Night Live <laughs> where they just sort of went, ah, it's boring white person's music and all, this, and, and all the songs are really short. Really? That is it, yeah. And they all kind of fell asleep while he came, Justin Timberlake came on and played a song and they all went... <laughs> and everyone of went, all, ah. Of all the people to put... I mean, there's a lot of worse worse people that you could accuse that of being boring white man music. Well, but fine. Quite, yeah. Um, but, but fine, you know. But um, comedy, eh? but my <laughs> yeah, comedy. It's not for everyone, is it? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, including Justin Timberlake. But um, so yeah, so I don't really know about Bonivere. Okay, well, shall I fill you in a little bit? Do so. He is. Um, he's actually Justin Vernon Bonivere, effectively. I mean, Bonivere is him and his band, but the mm. guy behind it is Justin Vernon. He released so twenty two million. His is his third record. Uh, there's also an EP called Blood Bank, which is uh, fucking brilliant. Um, every album has been quite different from the other. He's he's also involved in a number of other projects, Volcano Choir. Um, oh god, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But he's he's involved in loads of different bands. But Bonavera is the thing which has gone absolutely massive. Bonavera basically started when he went. Um, he was very very ill, and he had just got out of a long relationship. Um, and he went into a cabin in the woods and he was just there to recuperate basically but he ended up you know certainly wasn't thinking of writing any music but he ended up writing an entire record which basically was the first Bonavera album which is called Forever Forever Ago uh-huh. um, and you know ver- that's a far more I think that's the one I've heard a bit of. Yeah, I mean, the big, big song is Skinny Love. Um, Skinny Love. I mean, that is a very accurate um, representation of it. So if you're looking at me that blankly, um, brilliant, brilliant song. Probably the most, dare I say, traditional Bon Iver song because Mm -hmm. 
uh, what you say about him being folksy and all that kind of thing, absolutely true, but has always, even from the first record, which is probably the most traditionally, quote-unquote, folk record, he's always had a quite distinct, unique, odd sound in terms of using synthesised elements and bringing in weird effects on his vocals and stuff like that. He then followed that up um, a few years later, I think four years later, with a self-titled record, which in my opinion is his masterpiece. Um, It's absolutely amazing. Quite 80s sounding in a lot of places, more synths and more bits and pieces going on, but just a really, really beautiful, stunning record. He won a Grammy for it, blah, 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 blah. That's when, I mean, he got a lot of plaudits with Forever Forever Ago, but the self-titled record is when it really went stratospheric for him. And I remember, I remember it being... Even though it's not kind of traditional, like, rock sound music, I remember it being in their top 20 albums of the year and stuff. This was the good old days of Ben Potashnik doing the editor mm. stuff at Rock Sound and stuff like that. And I think it was, like, their number five album because they just all loved it so much. They were like, we wouldn't normally cover this, but this is fucking great. So um, that is a phenomenal record. But every single record is quite different. And 22 a Million was, once again, another step into very weird very experimental bold new passages and places mm. i saw a description somewhere that described this record as a folktronica album which i thought was pretty perfect actually mm. basically a mixture of folk and electronica the the record that i see this album compared to the most by a mile is kid a of course yeah because in terms of the way that it was put together and written, there's loads of samples that are used in it more so than ever before on previous Bon Iver. I mean, I don't. Th- I think sampling was a new thing for him on this record, off the top of my head. Um, and the amount of, I mean, the the really nerdy, geeky things that they go into on this record. There are there's like software created specifically for specific songs so really yeah the third the third track on this album uh which is acapella it's just boniver it's just justin singing by himself it's just justin it's just justin (laughs) justin timberlake Uh, um but he's singing through this vocoder type effect which is probably when people say oh that sounds a bit boniveri um what they mean this kind of weird thing where effectively you sing through it and then it has some uh hmm, share in it is share the share thing that that thing you're gonna keep doing that yes okay cool just so i know um um and um but it effectively what it's doing to try and break it down is it's harmonizing with itself but with two kind of or three or however many you want electronic style voices as well um, very love it and hate it. We've actually moaned about it a fair bit. Yeah, we have. In the past. Mm. Um, I am going to sound quite uh, hypocritical <laughs> when I say that I I actually don't mind Bon Iver doing it most of the time. There's a few times where I'm like, all right, go back on that a bit. Is that because, barring share... This was kind of the first time that someone had really leaned in on this, that type of style. Possibly. And so it sort of sounds, you know, acceptable. Possibly. 
But whilst re-listening to this album over the Christmas holidays, but this is roughly when we're recording it, I um, had a big <clears throat> think about this because I was like, I can't come on here and say that I really like that vocal styling when I've really dissed it in the past on other records. Yeah. You know, 1975 has been quite a recent one. Mm. There's a bit of it on that 21 Pilots record and stuff like that, which I wasn't a massive fan of. So I was like, right, I need to come on here and just be like, this is why I can deal with it with Bon Iver. And I think it's quite simply that his human vocal is always there as a bridge there's always like sometimes with the 1975 and stuff it's almost like they use the home human vocal as a guide and then they just actually take it out so you're just left with the mechanized mm. kind of robot vocals um i can't i can't say that i always like it the the third track on this album is one of the weaker moments for me as as a whole um but there are definitely times probably more so in the past actually that i've really enjoyed him using that along with this kind of i guess maybe it's also the backing as well the fact that it's like slower and more folksy and more a lot of the music i mean less so on this record i have to say but it's more grounded in the earth and rootsy and and that that mechanized sound against those earthy guitars and stuff is mm. quite different to the way that say the 1975 or or 21 pilots for example would use it where it's far more mechanized overall yeah i guess yeah that's true that's fair i mean i thought when i first listened to it to be perfectly honest i thought this sounds like uh, a robot being sick <laughs> um that's what i thought this record was just like someone had got someone had got a robot drunk and had just sort of patted it on the back while it went <laughs> Uh, and um so i was like oh, i'm not sure about this it's hard work it's re it, it's a really it's very hard work i think it i think it's it's such hard work that i am not in a position really to sort of accurately be able to describe quite what it is uh, folktronic is the best thing yeah I've come oh up yeah with. yeah no i think that, that is a, that's a good shout in terms of, of what but i mean how i really feel i think this might be a, a yeah. six monther yes well I, a little bit of background so i am a bon Iver fan and have been for a long time this record came out september or october of 2016 i mm. believe so a, a, a time when a lot of records are coming out yeah and uh was really excited to hear it put it on listen to it once and was just like fuck me that's going to require a lot of work and then i don't think i listened to it again for a couple of years mm. because i was so busy listening to a ton of other stuff and going to gigs and all that sort of shit i was just like you know you've just justin you've given me this record which is going to take fucking months of my life to even vaguely understand <laughs> and i haven't got the fucking time mm. you know um i have to say after several you know after a couple of years of listening to it because it came out yeah, September three, 2016. September 2016. Came out two and a half, three years ago mm. whilst we were recording, as we were recording this. Um, truth be told, it's probably my least favourite Bon Iver record. Right, okay. But um, by, by quite some way as well. And it's by far the hardest record to, to get into. Um, there's nothing traditional about it at all. Um, mm. There's no traditional song structures. There's no choruses particularly. Um, songs are very short for the most part I mean it starts off like each song it just feels like uh, is this even a song like it gets sort of two and a half minutes in and I go that's it mm. like I didn't really and, and then something else starts happening and you're like okay and then mm. suddenly that's over and you're like 
And that's it as well. Do you know what? That that's uh, that's part of my problem with this record because I admire this record very very much because can you think of anything else that it sounds like no <laughs> exactly but, no, no no i can't but I, but to sort of in terms of the brevity I, I do think brevity with a type of music like this i'm not sure like for me i'm not sure that that's the way to go mm, mm, mm. like I, I the second half of the record i think is way better than the first half ah, interesting. personally okay. Okay. because that actually started to feel more like songs to me yeah the first bit of it i was like and that's you know i listened to Born to Canada or like the, the kind of the electronic bands that I like yeah. Fortet don't really have songs either but what they do have is seven minutes where they just basically bully you into agreeing that what they're doing is good <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean they do don't they like if you listen to Apex Twin yeah, yeah, yeah. it's his songs are 13 minutes long and yeah. by the end of the 13 minutes you're like oh my god and Fine, it really does take you it just goes, no, 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 I will, I'll hold you here yeah. and kind of batter you about now and again until you relent. Yeah. Whereas I think if you just give someone a short kind of stab at this very odd sounding music yeah. without really developing it or letting it, give it a chance to, for it to sink, to properly seep into your psyche, yeah. I think you're kind of doing yourself a disservice by not exploring those ideas to their fullest. It, it, it doesn't feel like the first half of this record is explored to the extent that I think it should be explored to. I agree with all of this. And and this this is exactly why it's my least favourite Bon Iver record. Right. Um, and I think, um, like I was saying, I, I truly admire it because I've never heard anything quite like it before or since. But at the same time roughly half probably just under half of the tracks on it so maybe a third of the record's running time are songs which sound like half finished ideas as opposed to fully formed songs when there are fully formed songs on it such as um tw- i mean the opener 22 a million sounds absolutely uh, no sorry 22 over soon sounds absolutely amazing i really like 33 god Eight Circle and Six Six Six. Those four songs in particular. Are... Six 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 was easily my favourite. one Yeah, on the Six 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 is fantastic. But you've you've got the Wikipedia entry up there, and you'll have, no- yeah. Yeah, you'll, that's you'll, how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll notice that all of those songs are the lengthier ones generally mm. um, that I just named, and that is kind of that's where this record works. N- not not that any of them are massive. I think the longest song in the entire record is like five and a half minutes. Five minutes, right? nine. Five minutes, nine, there we go. So like, not that any of them are particularly um, massively well explored, but it, it's kind of, it is, I, I, like I say, I admire the fact that no one's quite done this before in a folksy way, as far as I'm aware. And also I admire the fact that this is a artist who will play multiple nights at Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah. And he will... I mean, this is a big... I, I looked... And one of the things I did look at is... It, I mean, it went in at number two in the US Billboard charts. Yeah. It, um, the amount the amount of awards that it got at the end of the year and the enemy loved it, the Guardian loved it, the amount of five Rolling stars, Stone, Rolling Stone, all yeah. put it in there, yeah. Um, and Q, like... It was nominated for the Best Alternative Album at the Grammys in 2017. Yep. Um, was it nominated or did it win? Well, was it, it just was nominated? No, it was, I know it was nominated, but yeah, I, I, it's definitely, I don't yeah. know if it won. Even 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 so, the fact that it was nominated is bonkers. And I I, I guess this is why I'm a massive admirer of Bon Iver, because he is willing... Like, 
the sensible thing for Bon Iver to have done after those first two records particularly would have just been to carry on doing the same thing and you know who knows he could have that there is an alternate universe where Bon Iver is playing stadiums you know where Bon Iver is basically Ed Sheeran yeah and he's chosen to not do that and chosen to do something like Alistair who who um uh, who asked us to do this record said that it, uh, in places he feels like this album sounds like Dillinger Escape Plan doing an acoustic record. <laughs> mm. And and I, 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 I don't fully agree with that, but I do understand where he's coming from when mm. he says that. It, in terms of the experimentation and where it goes and how it kind of puts you off centre and how it, it, it's just odd. Yeah, it's just odd. And like, where's it going? And it has so many different places that get so many different parts that all coalesce into well, that, one another. That was the other thing that I was going to talk about. There are 28 individuals who make up the people who record this record. The personnel on the, the personnel album. The personnel on yeah. the record. 28 it's, people. Yeah. It's bonkers, On a it? folk record, which yeah. is... Uh, I'm sort of loath to use the word minimalist because obviously there's 28 people. There's a kind of... But it's a, it's a sparse, quite sparse-sounding uh, record, I think, for the most part. I don't think minimalist is too far off the mark. I understand why you're reluctant to use that term, but I don't mm. think it's miles off the mark. Mm. It is very sparse. All of Bonneville's stuff is. Um, but, it, yeah, it is remarkably sparse. And, and you- I just think, like, who? where are these people? Like, you know, it's like the kind of 270 people that recorded... Um, Chinese democracy it's like where are you all <laughs> well uh, in Chinese democracy you can hear it more you I can't mean, hear 270 n- people not, not that many people but you can you can hear you can you, you can hear that it's a massive record that's yeah, had a of lot course. of people behind yeah, it yeah 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 in some cases I should say those some of those personnel are people who have literally created some of the software that they use and stuff like that mm. so you know they might not even be technically playing on it but they've been credited because they literally made a piece of software that made a song possible um, there's, there's two or three pieces of software that were made for this um, but I, I can't remember them now off the top of my head. It's probably not that interesting. Um, but um, yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of people doing very very subtle kind of like I don't know, hitting a triangle at the end of a song or something. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and, and I suppose in that sense, it's a record which you would uh, you you the more you listen, to, you know, uh, like a lot of great records the more you listen to it the more you get out of it and you do Mm. find new things in it and again that's something to really admire in it I think that's kind of reflected in the artwork Um, because the other thing got nominated for best package at the Grammys as well yeah now there's a very good reason for that basically the um I don't want to go on about the artwork too much because obviously this is a audio medium and really you need to have it in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, the guy who did the artwork was a guy called Eric Timothy Carlson. Uh, he's a Brooklyn-based artist. And he designed the ap- album packaging and there's he basically designed everything around the album. So there were murals and newspapers and lyric videos and all sorts of other materials and press materials and stuff that went behind it. Um, I will give one quote from about what he said of it. He said, um, between the numerology, the metaphysical humanist nature of the questions in 22 a million and the accumulation of physical material and symbolism around the music, it became apparent that the final artwork was to be something of a tome. 
or a book of law, Young's Red Book, A Lost Religion, The Rosetta Stone, Sagan's Golden Record, something to invest some serious time and mind in. Right. And I think it's that last sentence which is the key thing. Effectively, um, there are a whole bunch of symbols on the artwork and all of the symbols correlate with the songs in some way. The songs, we should say, are also have all bizarre names. They're all mm. just numbers. Yeah. Um, the songs... It's like an Erto 9 album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The songs aren't actually... Um, the song names aren't actually given on the records. It's just the numbers that are given. And it's almost like a puzzle that you have to work out. Mm. Um, I would recommend, because obviously I can't really go into it without um, without some visual aids, and that's not going to be possible in this podcast. If you are interested in it, I would recommend going to walkerart.org um, and just typing in Bonivar, and I'm sure you'll find it there. There's a fascinating, quite lengthy, but really amazing um article that goes into the uh in depth into the symbolism and what it means and what it represents and all that kind of thing but the reason i mention it is because that is exactly what this record is it's kind of the more and what what a lot of great art is the more you invest in it the more you'll get out of it um i like i say i don't i don't love this record i admire it um, and when I go to put a Bon Iver record on, it's the last one that I go to to put on. Um, but I, I'm very thankful for its existence. I'd love to see Bon Iver go in maybe a slightly different direction on the fourth record because I don't really feel like I need another. I don't need 44 a billion, you know, particularly. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that he's, you know, crafted this record over... I mean, some of the... The, the the album was basically crafted over six years, effectively. Some of this material was left over from um, Bon Iver, the self-titled album. So he was making it over a very, very long period of time. And you can tell that there was a lot of experimentation going on and loads of things must have been thrown out and revisited and rejigged. You know, just the way the way that Radiohead do. Yeah. Which is why you can see the whole Kid A comparison and Amnesiac comparison and that cutting and pasting of things and Pro Tools and all that sort of thing, which mm. people were up in arms about back in 2000. But this is that, but done with a folk record. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know whether or not I like it. Um, I just don't know. It's really weird. Um, it is. It's really weird. It's, But, you know, we've said a lot of times about... Um, how mainstream music is becoming less and less interesting and less and less brave yeah. and pointing at something like the 1975 and you know we, we praise the 1975 for being interesting by mainstream standards yeah. even after going well you know like there's at least bits in 21 Pilots that are vaguely interesting and there's quite a lot in the 1975 that's quite interesting With this is all at least interesting all of it I think the comparison that Alistair made where I do agree with him is uh it is as beguiling as a Dillinger record is. Yeah. Obviously, sonically, you know, it's nowhere near uh, a Dillinger. It's the complete opposite end of the spectrum almost. But in terms of the, oh my God, I've got to work this out. Hold on a mm. moment. The almost equation, like, I don't want to call it an equation because that doesn't sound like it's, that sounds like it's not fun to listen to. Um, but like the fact that you have to work it out and stuff, I, I would say it probably takes as much work as listening to a Dillinger record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but, but I mean, that's true. But I was going to say, but the, the success of, the, the, I mean, this obviously belongs, you know, like I say, he's been, he's been referenced, that sketch on Saturday Night Live, he was 
going round Jay-Z's house and Beyonce after they had their kid and it was Prince and it was um, Kim and Kanye yeah. and it was Bon Iver. Yeah. Like he's become that big and you think you know this got to number two in the uk and the us it got to number one in new zealand and canada and bizarrely scotland right (laughs) why scotland got their own i didn't know scotland had their own chart scotland had their own chart apparently there you go but that's the thing that's why he's a fucking hero i Mm. think you know and like even you know, I didn't... If you go onto Metacritic or whatever and see all the awards this record got and all the lists it got in the albums of the year stuff, I don't agree with most of that. I, I think it's a really noble failure with a couple of brilliant songs on it. But I would much rather that than, you know, the new Mumford & Sons record. Not that yeah. Bon Iver would ever do that, but, yeah. you know... I mean, that's a stinker, that one. Yeah, yeah boring. exactly. Got nothing to work out. So, yeah. So, yeah, fair play to him for that. I mean, I don't really know, if I'm honest. It's one of those ones where I'm not sure that I'll ever know. I'd, but- love, I'd love to um, one day, maybe I should give you a, um, a previous Bon Iver record because I would never in a billion years give this album as the first Bon Iver records for someone to listen to because that's like chucking them that's like giving someone it's probably not a good comparison because it's not a very good record but it's like giving someone um, heavy machine heavy metal heavy machine music by Lou Reed as their first Lou yeah. Reed album or something you mm. know like it's the wrong place to start entirely mm. um, and I imagine it probably makes a bit more sense if you've listened to the first two as well yeah, okay, but um, but yeah Alright, good. Well, there you go. That's 22 Million by Bon Iver. Thank you, Alistair. And uh, we'll be back to do another one of these at a later date. We haven't... <laughs> right now, sitting here, I couldn't tell you. And neither could Renfrey. So we won't. We'll just go. But thank you very much for pledging your thank money. You. We appreciate that. And this is our way of saying thank you. Hope, it, hope it was good.